Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Welcome back to Business Unfiltered. It's Mercer. I'm here, of course, with the illustrious Jeff Sauer. And today we are talking about developing a financial runway for your business. So, Mr. Sauer, how do you think about the financial runway? How do we define that? Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a, you know, for me, it's how much expenses do you have in the bank or how much money do you have in the bank to cover your expenses and over what time period? Right. So a financial runway would be how long can you keep on doing what you're doing uh, moving forward with the amount of money you have. And so this could be for your business, for your cash flow, could be for personal expenses as well. Um, and, and ultimately, there's there's a few different ways to look at it. Right. So it's how long, how much money do you have in order to cover expenses moving forward and then what the length of that is. And I, I I've actually taken to. Um, there's there's different intervals that you look at, right? So I think that a long runway is years of expenses, right? Um, a short runway is days or months. So that that's sort of how I look at it. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff in between. And then there's also business and personal. How about you? Do you look at it in a similar way? Is that what you call a runway? Yeah, you know, so if you have thirty thousand dollars of expenses, you know, for a typical month to kind of keep the company running and pay payroll and you know all the sort of internet stuff that you pay for and everything else and if you only have thirty thousand dollars in the bank, then you've got a month of runway, right? Assuming that all revenue drops to zero, which is kind of how I think about it. If revenue dropped to zero, how much longer could we be operational, right? And and how much time do we have? And that's kind of how I measure that. Um, I measure it in terms of time, right? So I've got a month or two weeks or three weeks or five weeks or whatever the thing is, six months, right? Um, do you do you have actually? I'm, I'm, it's funny because I hear this financial runway thing all the time. It's just occurred to me. That's like the silliest example uh, to use because planes need to take off mm -hmm. and then you don't need the runway, but you always need a runway, which means the plane is always on the ground. And why would you drive a plane? That seems <laughs> in my head. Now I'm thinking we should change this and make it like a roadway. How much roadway do you have? Not yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when you're, when you're thinking about it, I guess um, from your perspective, do you have a goal in terms of how long that is, like how long of a, of a financial runway you need? I mean, yeah, over the years it's evolved. I've had a lot of different goals. I've said a lot of things. Some of it I've meant, some of it I haven't. I've talked to a lot of people of what they think. You know, when I was first getting started, this guy had an IT company and he bragged, he said, I only hire somebody when I have a year of their salary in the bank. So that was like my first mm -hmm. exposure to somebody with, conservative financial planning. That is, you know, at first I was like, wow, so I can't hire somebody until I have a year's salary in the bank. Um, what I learned later on is that, that is conservative. Um, it's actually way overly conservative. And if you are that conservative, you may never actually invest in somebody and you're keeping money. You're not reinvesting in your business. You're basically putting money into a savings account as opposed to putting it into the money market, into you know growth or anything like that. So that is like waiting a year till you have the years of expenses. So you want to hire somebody who is seventy five thousand. You need seventy five thousand dollars in the bank. That is that is prohibitive. I think I would say. Yeah, um, so I learned later on that that is conservative. Now there's been phases in my life where I've hired when I didn't even have the money. Right. So like aggressive, that's where you say, okay, I'm hiring somebody in a sales role 
I don't have the money that, you know, that I want them to make a hundred thousand a year. I have $20,000 in the bank. I'm going to hire them because I need to make it work or, you know, fail fast, right? They're a sales thing. They're going to be making me money. So that's another mindset shift that I've had to make over the years that I've experienced. Um, that actually makes me uncomfortable too. Spending money you don't have um, in hopes of growing is not something I like either. It has to be a very calculated risk to get to that point, yeah. right? And then there's like the in-between thing. So I, I, in some of my my agency coaching, specifically for a service business, I tell people there's three different ways to look at it. There's three, six, and 12. Three months of expenses is like, is, is aggressive where you hire when you only have three months in the bank for them. Um, six months is, uh, is right about right. And then 12 months is, is overly conservative. Now you might say that three months is even, is, is, is not, not aggressive. Maybe it should be one, three, 12 or whatever it is, but that's mm-hmm. sort of how I looked at it. Have you ever looked at it that way? Like how long the runway is? Do you have a, a guideline that you use for that or anything like that? Yeah. So the way that we sort of define it, cause I don't have like all company expenses in terms of when I, when I think about it, it's not like, all company expenses, right, that, that are in there. But I do um, have it for payroll. That's the because that is by far the biggest expense. So yeah. if like if I've got payroll covered, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And then it's how many months do I have payroll covered with the intention that again, if you have these weird black swan events and all of a sudden everything goes down to zero, which is so unlikely, it's it's near impossible, but everything's possible, right? It's just not probable. But if it did go down to zero, how long do I have my team intact to figure out the next step? And if I've got two weeks, that's a mm-hmm. lot of pressure, right? Yeah. Like it's not great. Maybe that's where it is. In the beginning, you have to do that, right? That's just what it is. But, you know, hopefully you don't have to, you know, uh, use that at all. Uh, but if you have three months, right now, I'm like, okay, cool. We got three months to figure it out. We'll get there, right? It won't matter. COVID was huge back when the COVID happened. We had that. And my team, um, on it, one unexpected benefit uh, that I should have totally predicted, but they came to me in the middle of this mess and they were like, or that mess, I should say, and then say like, hey, are, are we okay, right? Because this is back in March when the stock market was down, you know, 30 or 40%, whatever it was. Everybody was like, sky is falling. Nobody knew what this thing was. People were dying everywhere and business was just, everyone was frozen, you know, for a few weeks. And it was like, what's going on? And the team was like, are we going to be okay? And I was like, we will be fine. Even if revenue drops to zero, which I don't expect that it would, but we have the months, we can figure it out. Even if we're just like, we become a mask company now or something, I don't know, right? We're producing Purell, you know, (laughs) um, that sort of stuff. Like we will figure something out. Uh, And that put them at ease. And it was nice. We never needed it, but we had it. Yep. You know, and that's just that mental energy that you just don't have to like that stress you don't have to go through when you know that that's there is worth it. Um, that said, there are times where, you know, to your point, we, we would hire, right? And we would take from that account because it's like, okay, we got the reserves, we've got some payrolls set aside, we can now use that to invest. And maybe that account drops a little bit uh, with the intention that this new person coming in would um, fill all the coffers again, you know, because I think there is that. It, to your point, I think 12 months is, a, is is too long. And by the time you have 12 months worth of salary for somebody, you're going to end up missing the opportunity. It's just yeah. too long. It changes too fast. So you got to be a little more nimble, in my opinion. Um, so, but to, to invest in that person, but there were some investments we made that just didn't work out that yeah. way, right? Where it didn't come back. And so the coffers weren't rebuilt from that person. It was like, all right, well, you know, if they, if they leave the organization or when they leave the organization, now we rebuild the coffers again. Um, and that's from a cash flow perspective, that's kind of what I did. The other question I have for you, and this is just thinking about financial, is is it is it 
and, and I'll answer it first and then kind of get your opinion on it. Cause I don't know that I'm right on this, but it's how I'm thinking about it. Financial is all things financial. It's not just revenue. So it's not just the revenue I've got from my team members coming in, but it could be what my credit card limits are, right? Mm-hmm. How much, how much, uh, the line of credit, creating lines of credit, making sure that the company's got a stable financial way for it to pay its own bills. You know, like I think about like the, the company's the closest thing I have to a kid. Right. And it's like, I've got to teach the company to live on its own. So in the beginning, I'm the one feeding it, right, and nursing it, doing everything. Then eventually, it starts to be in its toddler stages and and starts to function on its own. And then it gets some management muscle. Now it's a bigger, you know, teenager, and now it's off in the real world. And then maybe it's like early college years. But at a certain point, that college kid's got to learn how to do credit cards on their own. You know, they have to learn how to get their own loans. They have to learn how to do all this. They can't just live off mom and dad. And so it's like that's kind of what I did with the business. It has its own financial stuff. So if I, I don't necessarily just have to have cash right? Pure cash that's coming in from revenue. But I look at it sometimes as, okay, but I also have these other things that are like my extreme emergency funds. If I needed to tap them, they are there. And I build up that as a way of just like, why not? Right? Because when you, you know, the time to ask the bank for money is when you don't need it. And they were, they are very easy to get money from the bank when you don't need it. Yeah. The second you need it, you're, if you don't have that uh, already set up, it's a problem. So I, I set all that stuff up too. And that helps me feel like I have a, I probably do have a longer financial runway if I tapped all those for sure. Um, but I don't, I don't plan it. So I look at my cash account. That's how I define my runway. But I know I have this other set of access to finances that could extend it very quickly if I needed to. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm very similar. I've traditionally been very similar as well. Um, definitely like looking at what's, will this go to zero? Right. And then mm. if it does even having the reserves of the reserves, credit card yeah. limits, that's a good way to think credit. about it. Reserves behind the reserves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think, that, yep. I think that once you lose sight of that, bad things happen. Right. So, so I had written down the question is, will it ever really go to zero? So like, it's like a psychological, psychological thing. Will it ever really go to zero? Like it can't go to zero. We've been in business for five years. Well, I think, that, you know, personal and professional and business, anytime you take your eye off the financial ball, you'll find that it can go to zero. <laughs> you know, you'll find that you, you know, it's it, the default is taking money from you, whether it's taxes slash government, whether it's um, employees, whether it's people who work with you, anytime that you try to make, anytime that you try to, that you have money, people are coming for it, right? You know, I built an expensive house. People are, I get a lot more calls from people trying to sell me stuff than I did when I had a, a more conservative house, right? That's just how it goes. So, so that is something that, you know, you consider that it, it, um, it's, even if you think it's never going to go to zero, you need to mind it. Right. So there's a difference yeah. between, um, I think you can upgrade your mindset to say it's probably not going to go to zero and I don't need to be as conservative, but you also need to mind it with your investments. And it's always a, a back and forth. The default is zero just so that everybody knows. You should never lose sight of the default of your of your financial runway is zero. People will bleed you dry. Inflation will bleed you dry. Everybody wants a piece. Everybody's got a hand in the pot. So the default is zero. But also driving yourself thinking it's going to go to zero when we already went through the black swan event is a limiting mindset, right? It is, it is almost too conservative of a mindset that like it's going to be there. So you have to find that balance and you have to actually like retrain your brain into saying like, do I need like what's my runway for this year? Because you and I, like the pandemic was crazy. Like, like the ups and downs were insane. Like yep. in March, I'm like, oh, I, I whiteboarded out with my wife. I was like, we have three months for everything, you know, like, and it wasn't really that way. But I was like, if, if this, and, and I did the, if it goes to zero, but a real zero, yeah. right? If it really yeah. goes to no zero. No one knew years ago yeah. what, how this was going to pan out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
No, yeah, exactly. It has like it will go to zero, but then, but then I didn't account. This is the thing: is that that, that zero mentality doesn't account for things like you can let people go, right, right, and you still have some income, you know. So it's never zero because you can always let people go. And you, and if you're a smart business owner, you would do that before you went to zero, and and for them and for you, yep. do you really want them to like not get paid one day and then like, oh yeah, I don't have any money? No, that's that's way worse than just letting somebody go. And saying I don't have, I'm not going to have money, right? Um, yep. The other thing is you can, you, see, you can always reduce expenses. The other thing is that um, income almost never goes to zero either, unless you're like in a scandal or you like just completely screw things up, right? The the, the income half life goes, it, it can be faster than the expense one, you know, necessarily, you know, but but also it never goes to zero. So I think that is a limiting belief of people that it serves you very well, very very well to think it's going to go to zero at any time. But then at some point, I think adjusting what your zero is might be the way to go it and it becomes more of an abundance mindset because there is that yeah. that can stunt growth. So what is the threading the needle of that between it could go to zero at any time and then it's going to be there? I almost think you need to sort of figure out like your percent chance of going to zero. Because as you were talking, what I've realized is that I've invested in my business a lot. And my bet and so far, my investment rate is either it is a hard zero. It had no value whatsoever or it was 10 to 20 X value or 10 to hundred X return on the investment. So this is individual roles. This is coaches. There's all kinds of stuff. Basically my hit rate is either it's a zero. It, it's like I spent $5,000 on something and I got nothing to show for it. Or I spent 5,000 and I got $500,000 to show for it. I'm, I'm pretty much at that rate. I don't know if you are, maybe I'm really bad at this thing, but I think that's actually more realistic than other things, right? You know, you have this good intention that it's going to be there. Sometimes sure. it hits, but a lot of times it doesn't. it doesn't. Yeah, exactly and, right. Yeah. So I've had that experience a lot. Have you ever had that experience where you're like, oh you God. go into it, like thinking it's going to be huge and then doesn't do anything. Especially when you're trying to do big, giant, high ticket stuff, like bringing on people, you know, yeah. like payroll, because it's such a huge expense. So I guess when, you know, kind of bringing it back to the developing the financial runway, we talked about there's, there's revenue. That's one way, obviously, to develop because you got revenue coming in to help feed that. Hopefully, when I say revenue, I mean, I'm assuming there's profits and the profits are the things that you're actually putting into the cash account, yep. right? So you build up, right? The other way to build it was through you know, lines of credit, um, the credit card, you know, extending your credit card limits, whatever the thing is. Not to say that you should be in debt. I don't think that's true either, but you should, it's the reserves of the reserve, the reserves are behind the reserves, right? Because um, I think that's a useful thing. And I think to your point, it's looking at your expenses. That's another way to develop a financial runway is look at the expenses and be like, we're, and, it's, and it might be payroll, right? With somebody, because we've definitely been on both sides of that coin where we've hired somebody for you know a chunk of money and it, it just didn't pay off and so we eventually had to you know part ways and but it was draining the financial runway so when you parted ways all that money was going to them well now that profit goes back into the rebuilding the reserves right so we yep. did that but that but i think there's also probably a lot of $300 a month stuff that we pay for that we probably don't really use or need anymore that I could go in and say, well, let's get rid of, you know, two or $3,000 of expenses per month. That's mm -hmm. another thing that would then just go back into that account, you know, and be able to, to feed that. And I think to your point around the, um, not being, I think it's important to be aware. And in my head, what I do is I do, it's always possible versus probable always like everything's possible. Everything's possible. doesn't matter. Everything's possible. But it doesn't mean it's probable, right? It doesn't mean the odds are it's going to happen. So yeah, would revenue going to zero is possible? Absolutely. It is not at all probable. So I don't obsess over it. Yeah. I'm aware of it, but I don't obsess over it. It's kind of like, yeah, that's a thing. But meanwhile, I'm looking in this other direction to really build reserves for these other, you know, and to your point, I'm looking at that, that abundance mindset. But I think that equally important is not to ignore 
that zero is possible. Yeah. Right? You have to be at least aware of that because that is the, the you know, in, in kind of the monster, I think, that, that forces, like there's that carrot in the stick. Maybe that's the stick where it pushes you forward to be like, okay, yeah, it could go to zero. It's unlikely, but possible. So let's keep moving forward. So yeah. we never have to face it, you know? Um, and, and I, and I think, so I think kind of recapping those three ways, it was, you know, revenue through profits, filling it in. You've got the, you know, reserves of the reserves, the credit cards, the lines of credit, things like that to get a little more runway and then being able to trim expenses, uh, to be able to, to manage the runway, how important, and, and maybe this is a, a tactical question. Like if you were giving advice to somebody, they're like, okay, I'm a small business. It's just me. What's that runway look like versus, hey, I've got a team of like three people, yeah. right? Versus a team of 15 or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So the, the, the commingling of funds can be really challenging for a one person business, right? So it's like, does my family have the, that or do I have it, right? Is it my money or is it the company's money? Um, that can be a really difficult one. So I think that for that, I, th I think it's, 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 it's more of a judgment call, but I think again, you can, you can break it down into months. Like how many months do you have living your lifestyle of what you have is how I look at it. When you have more people in your company, I mean, ultimately if you grow your company without any kind of consistency of revenue, then that, that can be really challenging, right? So if you grow, if you grow with your own money or a bootstrap business in anticipation of future money and it doesn't come in, that's usually where the biggest trap comes in is you're investing in something that doesn't hit. Right. So that's the risk, right. Versus like a startup that risk is paid for by banks or by venture capitalists. Right. So, so um, I think that's, that's, that's always the thing is like, what risk are you taking on? So I think that it becomes a question of risk for, for your runway. If you're, if you're investing in something and it doesn't hit how you want it to, well, how long can you survive until it hits? Right? How do you go back to your to your basics and and get things going? Like this is something that I invested in a product. It didn't hit how I wanted it to, and it's like, okay, well, how long can I go until I can get it right? What steps do I need to do to correct it? I'm fortunate that I built such a long runway that I can do I can I can invest in the new thing and have it fail for years before it really you know before it all dries up, right? So I I have I have backup plans to backup plans to backup plans. That's just how I am, right? And that's a discipline thing. That is a that is a piece of discipline that a lot of people don't have when they're small business or when they're new at this thing. When you get older, you sort of build in these redundancies to know that I have a backup plan to a backup plan to a backup plan. Um, some of it's personal finances, some of it's business accounts, some of it's these other things we're talking about, right? So I look at a runway as that, as like how many, like I don't look at it in months so much. I look at it as like how many pieces of redundancy do I have that I can see this thing through to completion and I can survive when everybody else has failed in that way or when the, when the odds are against me. So I look at it that way. I love um, that. Yeah. Yeah. I so good. Go just, just, just on that note, like I, I learned a lesson years ago. This is through trading, right? Like stocks and, and options and all that stuff. But the, um, and specifically Forex is where I really learned this lesson. I was trading Forex back in the day. And it was the, I realized after losing tens of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands, of, like this is my education, right? Um, everybody has to pay that. But um, I realized the goal of trading was not to be profitable. The goal of the trade was to allow you to keep playing the game. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good system, the more times you play the game, the more times your edge is going to be able to pop up. You know, the more times at bat you have, if you're a good, you know, somebody that can play baseball and you got a good batting average, the more times at bat, the better you're going to be, right? The more better results you're going to get. Same thing when it comes to financial trading. I think for me, it's the same thing with business. That, and that's how I measure it. Is that financial runway is the amount of time that I'm going to have if it hits the fan and I got to figure something out, it's like, this is, this is my, my, uh, how long I can make decisions window, you know, how long yeah. I can play the game window. Yep. 
Um, and, and if it's like, well, if it's, if it's two weeks, that's scary. If it's a couple days, that's scarier. If it's three months, I'm a little more comfortable with that. I'm like, I can play the game for three months, even if I have no points coming in, you know, that type of thing. And I, and I, and it just reminded me to think about that, the way you were phrasing that. Um, yeah, I really like that. I mean, keeping with the sports analogy, this is like the difference between a team that's won the championship before and not like I got really into the golden state warriors when I was living in, in San Francisco because the whole town was and their first, their first championship, they were pretty nervous. There's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of things going on. The second one, like they had been at the second finals, they had been there before by the third and the fourth ones. They like, like Steph Curry does these breathing exercises where his resting heart rate during a timeout at the NBA finals is like 55 beats per minute. It's like, that's like, he doesn't, he has no pressure, no nerves whatsoever. So they, they're disciplined. They're like, Hey, we've been here before. We're there. We're, we're champions. We don't need to be nervous about these things. And so that's like, if your business has been around for a while and you've, you've stressed out about stuff, then you made it. You end up getting these. You end up getting that level of of confidence and comfort. That's why it's easier yep. for a champion to repeat. That's why they say champions are are made. Right? Is that you? You have to like go through the the paces and the work. But usually, comp- usually teams don't go from like being bad to being a championship team in the first year. Usually, yeah. it's a it's a step. Right? It's an iterative process that people that people see. You lose in the first round of playoffs, second round, then you make it to the finals, then you lose, then you then you make it there. It's, it's what you how you rebuild yourself. Business is very, very similar to there, right? It's 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 very similar to winning, right? Winning ultimately comes from iterative approaches and learning these lessons, and then not making the same mistakes twice, and having that level of of input that you put into your business, which I love. Um, the funny thing is, though, going back to this idea of sometimes revenue hits, sometimes it doesn't. You always want to invest in trying to get revenue, um, but um, it, it, the chances of it hitting are just as low as of it, of it not hitting, right? So like they're, they're, these things don't always happen when you want it to. Either it happens more slowly, more quickly. Like you can never really project it. Like numbers on a spreadsheet don't really ever, like they're never accurate. They're either woefully un- inaccurate or woefully over, over. you know, they're great. Um, but the one thing you can control, and this is, I got this one from the Founders Podcast, which is the second best podcast about business behind ours. Um, but this guy reads biographies and, and, and he said that financial discipline is the one connecting thread between almost every business founder that we know and we admire um, is that they all practice financial discipline. They know that revenue doesn't go up, that revenue goes up and down. But the one thing they know is they can control their expenses. And so if you can control your expenses and you can have financial discipline, what that allows you to do is to, if, if, if you predict, predict, predict something's going to make a million dollars and it makes 300000 well, if your expenses are at 200000 you're fine either way, right? And so they make hay when the sun shines and then they keep their expenses low so that when they have a down year, which a lot of companies do and they just you just don't hear about it because they kept their expenses low. They're not having to cut things. And so that like financial discipline is is a connecting thread that always works, right? So, right. and that, that going back to that sports analogy, it's there, right? People who have been there before, they know that they have this reserves. They, they can conserve their energy. They know what they're going to be. They know what they're going to be able to do. And the company and the teams that don't do well after they win a championship is because everybody goes and takes more money, right? They get, they go and ask for more money. They get a bigger paycheck somewhere else. That's how dynasties get broken up. That's how businesses get broken up is the, the curse of more. They call it the disease of more in basketball, right? So, um, I don't know. I don't want to do any more sports analogies, Mercer, but, but is that, does that resonate with you at all? What I'm talking about here, how financial discipline is actually the best runway you can have? 
Yeah, totally. And I think it, it does it and it's, and it's also at the stages too. Like I, I, as a, when I was just an individual, you know, doing this, we saved, like we, I, I always joke, but it's true. Like I started the business the old fashioned way, which is like, we paid off a bunch of personal debt and then we saved six months of cash and yep. then we were like, go. Right. And at that time, that six months of cash that paid our bills for everything was $20,000. Right. Now that same amount wouldn't cover a month. Yep. Right. Of, of payroll. Like it's not even, so it's like, wow. Like as you grow, you're going to, you're going to find that, that you're, I was called like a, it's a muscle, right? It's like a financial muscle, decision muscles. But as you're growing, like in the beginning, that was easy. I had six months with a runway. I needed three months of it. And by then I was off and running back in the, in the day. Mm-hmm. And now when I'm looking at it, it's like, okay, do I need the six months? Maybe not, you know, but the three months is a whole heck of a lot more. It's a lot harder to do three months of reserves now than it was five years ago. Cause yeah. the amounts are higher, yep. you know, because the business grows. And so it's like, on the, on the one hand, as you are successful with that, and again, I'm kind of looking at the financial window as my insurance policy to some extent, it's my reserve account, right? Like that's actually what I call it, call it the reserve account. So, but that reserve account is is a is a thing that I learned to do as I was a baby entrepreneur, and I kept doing it at higher and higher levels. And for me, that was like leveling up the game, you know. Like I look forward to when I can get a reserve account with three months in it, where it's got eighteen million dollars in it. Because that's yeah. what we need. Like that is just three months worth of expenses or something. You know, it's like okay, let's have that. Um, uh, but I, but I think I think you're exactly right. Like that idea of um, the curse of more is where you get too much, you get a little over over your skis. I think a little bit, um, and um, that'd be the last sports analogy for the, for the <laughs> evening. Uh, but uh, but having that, that idea of like a little a little over your skis, and you you raise expenses faster than what that account, and all of a sudden you start seeing it tick down. And it yep. goes, oh, it's not 90 days anymore. Now it's only 75 days. What? Now yep. it's 60 days. Oh, shit. Now it's 45 days. And you're like, oh, shoot. Okay. I really got to stop because yep. it's just ticking down. If you see that number going down, that's not a great sign. So you yep. go back to, okay, what do I do? I've got three options. One is I can hit you know revenue harder, get profits back up, right? I can trim expenses to do that, to get, to get those profits unlocked. Or it's, okay, maybe this is worth, maybe it is planned tick down, right? Sometimes it is where it's like, I've just hired somebody. It's high ticket. You know, I know they're going to go down, but in 90 days, I'm going to be here. And you sort of plan for that. And maybe you're kicking in the the reserve reserves to make sure that Mm -hmm. you've got, if you needed the backup plan, it's there, right? Like I'll do stuff like that. I don't don't have to tap them, but I have them. Um, And those three areas. And then you sort of see it again, if, if at a certain point you're like, and this is where it goes back to the financial discipline. If that number, if I say, okay, I'm going to tick down to 30 days, but if I'm at 30 days and it's still not, and it doesn't start going back up, it's not working. Yeah. And I think you make that decision at the very beginning when you come yeah. up with your plan, because otherwise you're emotionally tied into it. And it's too easy to be like, well, it's okay. I'm going to let it ride. And that's where you have a losing system that'll just take a bunch of profit. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, you know, you, you made me think of a few things. And one is, I think the, the funny thing is that the solution is almost always making more money, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 can't, so can't go wrong bringing in more sales. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're investing in your if you're investing in your business, generally sales is the first thing you should focus on, making more money versus you know, yeah. So whatever you can do to make more money, and then also express the financial discipline to keep your expenses low. That's that's the that's that's a surefire winning strategy. Um, if you hit on if you if you invest in somebody that does operations, but you don't have your money tree growing consistently if you haven't you know you don't if you can't shake the money tree then that is that is the wrong investment probably right um people can be overly conservative with investing in things like operations in things that that don't really make them money and i've made those mistakes too right 
Uh, my agency, when we when we added a bunch of project managers and a bunch of overhead, we became unprofitable for a long time, right? We just stopped making money. And it's like, oh, wow. And then it's like, once we stopped, once we got our overhead in line with, with what it should be, which is a simple formula, which is a simple percentage, what your net profit should be on your cost of goods sold, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's timeless. If you keep it between 25 and 33%, you will print money. Um, if you, if you get above that, if you get to 50% or more, it's going to be really challenging as a business, right? Um, you, that's how we had to figure out how to correct that. Right. And it made, it ended up being some tough decisions, but it was expense control because we weren't hitting on sales like we wanted to. Then when we hit on sales, you can be a lot more generous. You can be way more generous with sharing the pie. Um, so a lot of that has to do with momentum, right? Momentum is something that is a runway piece. Like, I think that you were saying like early phase, you don't have any momentum, so you need to be conservative, right? Mm -hmm. Later on, when you get momentum, you can let that momentum, that flywheel account for something that actually has value to it, right? So it's no longer, you know, that flywheel has value, momentum, velocity has value. Um, and maybe you don't need to be as conservative with your bank reserves because you feel that, that in there. That is like a bank reserve. So um, I think a bank account is very important, but it's less important the more velocity you have is what I would say. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea. And I think, um, you know, the, the idea of momentum is super important and the idea of, um, accepting, accepting where you are, I think is really important too. Um, numbers will never lie, right? They can, they can, um, sometimes be manipulated, but if you're, if you're looking at your numbers properly, they won't lie to you and they will yeah. tell you where you are. And then it's your job to accept it. Yep. You're like, Hey, you've got, so there might be somebody listening to the podcast. That's three days worth of financial reserves. Right. And that's not a great position to be in, but it's okay to be in that position. You know, yep. it's like, okay, I've got three days. At least I know I have three days. Now I'm going to go make another phone call, send that email, do this thing, whatever, go to that, go to this group and go sell whatever the thing is to bring in sales and make it four days and then make it five days and then yep. see that trend and be okay. Again, be okay with that trend, accept that trend that you are making it better and you are making yeah. progress. Cause when you do that, it becomes this positive loop, you know, that makes it easier for you to build the financial runway because you're building the financial runway, you know, as you go, um, which makes a ton of sense. So uh, with that, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? No, I love it. I think that, I think we had a really good conversation here. I love your runway analogy being not the right, right analogy. <laughs> it's like all these years, all of, all of us have been doing it. No one's ever thought, why are we driving planes on the ground? Yeah, this exactly. make sense. <laughs> we'll, we'll solve we'll solve that later this year. Jeff and I will come up with a better analogy. And in 10 years, when everyone's using that, you'll know where it was born here at Business Unfiltered. I love it. I love it. Exactly. All right. Well, on that note, I hope you picked up a, a tip or two on developing your own financial runway. Uh, love to hear any feedback you've got. You can send us an email. Obviously, over at businessunfiltered.fm, you can go join uh, the list over there. Uh, you know, Jeff and I are, are constantly hearing about people that have uh, emailed us or just run in our own circles on the podcast. So thank you again for listening. Uh, but really, thank you for sharing it. That's the idea is talking to other people about what you've learned here to practice it as a skill, because otherwise you've been exposed to a bunch of new ideas. You don't necessarily integrate those ideas until you practice them. So talk with somebody else about it. Find out what they do on their financial runway, other business owners that you might know. Uh, and you know, again, hopefully share them uh, the Business Unfiltered podcast. We obviously appreciate that as well. So on that note, thank you again for listening to Business Unfiltered. We'll see you on the next episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered. Always unapologetically honest.